get me. In the garage with Vanetic and Brains. Yes. Yes, mate. Welcome to In the Garage. I am the Brains. Brains, Brains live from the Brain Cave. <laughs> I am Apparently fa- so. I am Vanetics live from uh, Riddle Records headquarters over here. How's it going, man? All good, mate. All good. Good to be back. I'm excited. Pumped. Yeah. I had good yeah, feedback indeed. on the last one. So it's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. It's all good. I, I, I was shocked. I mean, we haven't had, we, we've had, we've, you know, we've had, we've had good enough numbers for, for a first kind of unadvertised pilot episode, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but we had really, really good feedback. Um, thank you to everyone that hollered at us on, on the Instas, on the Twitters, um, on the email, all, all over the place. Yeah. Amazing, man. amazing feedback. Who would have thought that uh, so many people would have an interest in listening to two rambling old farts going on about garage <laughs> from their garages of, of all places? And, and, and that dead genre. <laughs> Who listens to garage anyway? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so I'd say, I think the, it seems like the little formula that we laid out last time uh, went okay. So, I think we're going to roll with it the same the same time this round so we're, we're, we're going to go for into the top three showdown yes want to know what's uh what's been hot over since the last show um obviously so much garage coming out constantly um i i can pretty much fill two hours every two weeks with with completely brand new music um so I'm sure you've got plenty of bangers lined up for oh, us. Oh, mate, there is, is it me or is this month in particular been a particularly good month for Garage? Because, I mean, I was saying to you before we went on air, I genuinely, genuinely struggled to pick a top three. Like even, even trying to whittle it down to 10 this month, there were just so many tunes I could have drawn for. So um, hopefully that bodes well. Hopefully we're in for some, some good tunes, man. It's it's definitely it's been a bumper month. Um, I mean, you helped me out by taking some of the stuff out that I probably would have picked, which allows me to whittle down a bit better, um, and allows me to be a bit more cracked out and random, which I always like. Obviously, I know you'd have to be um, random, yeah, yeah, completely. All right. So, do you want to do you want to intro your first one and uh, and give it a spin? I shall. I shall. My my, it's going to come as no surprise to anyone. I've picked this one as my as my first choice. It was kind of doing the rounds when we did the pilot episode but um, it's kind of officially been released since then so now seems as good as a time as any to um to showcase it and have a chat about it this is uh, out on night base now uh, and it's culture by hans glader and with that i'm going to hit play turn it down there so we can uh, have a, a quick chat about it if that's cool with you because um it kind of takes a while to until the brass comes in at the second drop 
Uh, it's probably worth having a little chat before before then, really. Um, but yeah, just just a beautiful piece of music, man. Mate, Hans Glader, he's he's definitely contender he's already for one of the best producers of the year, yeah. mate. Firing in all cylinders at the minute. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. We can, we can get it right with a little luck. Gonna lie when it really works. How you gonna lie when it really works? You know we really. I mean, why you I just don't have don't have the words to that. Like, it's just 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 glorious. Like, like even even the beat. Something as simple as the beat. It's um. It just gets really creative with his beats, do you know what I mean? It's not just a, your standard two-step beat. It's it's syncopated, it's skipping, it's jumping all over the place, and then you've kind of got that that kind of quirky bass that's kind of bouncing with it. I mean, even if you took the brass elements out of it, you, you'd have a really interesting track there, but then you kind of put those those tones on top of it, and, and it gives it that kind of musical edge, and it just... I don't know, I, I, I sat here, and I just listened to it on loop when it came out for ages. I was just... Blew my mind. It was obviously going to appeal to me. Do you know what I mean? With my my whole jazz step thing, it's it's well on that kind of jazzy stepper kind of vibe, and it and yeah, I love it. I love it. The only my only my only complaint about it, and this is going to surprise you for me to say this because I would have anticipated you saying it. Um, it's not the easiest track to mix. It's an absolute bastard to mix. Uh, that's my only complaint. But you know, I'm not going to um, not going to rag on hands for that. I mean, obviously so, that's that's the so, creative direction with it, isn't it? I mean, mixing mixing it by ear, I would say, is pretty much impossible. But it is it's built in a way where if you press play on the first when it when it starts, it'll drop in the right time. So it's yeah. not it, the BPM doesn't change. Now that isn't true of all of Hans Glader's tracks. Some <laughs> of his tunes are just two completely different speeds. Like or or, or they when he proper fucks you up is when they're two similar speeds but they're still different and you have to work out that he's changed it halfway through. He's keeping you um, your toes, bro. <laughs> oh, he definitely is. He definitely is. But yeah, mate, what, what a mature track. Now, the thing that fascinates me about this tune um, is that it's on, it's, it's on Nightbase, right? That's AC Slater's um, label. And he's, he's got his bass house thing going on and, and, he, and he normally very much gets producers to mould their sound to fit Nightbase when they come on the label. Um, I think a real kind of... Um, uh, an obvious time when that happened is when Flavor D released on on Nightbase. Like she completely like a sound didn't completely change, but you could tell it was molded to fit Nightbase. It wasn't just like you wouldn't listen to it and immediately go, "That's Flavor D." Um, you'd know that AC's gone. No, you need to change this, that, and the other so that it fits in with the sound that he's creating. And that's all cool, you know. It's like other sub mini genres always appear out of a, out of another genre and. You know, he's creating a night base as a genre, and I think that's great. But that tune is lead track on that EP. Yeah. And that is not in the usual kind of style of what he expects on his label. And that's that just shows you really how amazing a piece of music that it is speaks volumes, to me. It? Yeah, it's testament yeah, to how it good it is that, that somebody's willing to kind of forego that, that typical niche sound that they usually go for and have that, as you say, as the lead track. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It's amazing. And um, yeah, just if, if you ain't checked out Hans Glader, you need to listen to as much of his stuff as you can yeah. right now. He's got, he's got freebies out as well. He's got some wicked booties. Um, there's one with James Brown in. Definitely need to cop. Can't remember the name of it. Just search the SoundClouds for him, mate. Um, thank you, Roberto, for that. 
beautiful piece of music. Um, what can I drop in to just completely ruin it? Uh, <laughs> it's not time okay. for the wild card just yet, mate. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep it sensible, I promise. Um, so the first one um, I'm dropping in, um, I, I mean, I've copped it from, from Bandcamp since the last show. The, the date on the file says 2020, but I didn't have it last year. Um, and so it's just a tune that I want to kind of highlight that you can get from Bandcamp now. So, so uh, Jemmy on the buttons, um, and he's got an EP called Jemmy Tapes Volume 3. All the tunes on there are banging. Uh, this one is entitled Drogba. and a half right there on it the energy in that it's, it's unreal but it's like even like the vocal chops are hype right it's like even what you say is not 100% making sense but the way you've <laughs> chopped the vocals up it's a bad boy like ah uh, so I'm guessing he's put this out as he has because it's a booty right but look, listen it's switched now into two step <laughs> Like just uh, like it's it's a uh, it's a, a fresh sounding track. It's brand spanking new. It's got gimmicks. Um, I just I love it. I love it. It's and it's it's actually the second tune that I've played on radio off the EP. But I think I preferred this to the first one that I played on there. It's just got a lot of clever little tricks in it that that, get, that make me move. And that is what a good piece of music does. It makes you move, right? So. It, like the it, the intro is kind of disclosurey the way he's got the um, like the pads coming through and it's a, it's a bit of a disclosurey type of rip there, um, but it, it's still got its own vibe and uh, props to Yemi, wicked tune. It's uh, as you highlighted the the arrangements really varied and I like that because I think it's all too easy when you're putting a tune together to just you know there, there's a lot of tracks around. I'm not criticising anyone for doing it because it's the fundamental basis of a lot of dance music, but you get people who are just kind of. Basically, you've got the same thing looping for five minutes, and then you take a track like that, and, and as you say, it's just kind of jumping from, from you know, little little, little micro genre, you know, got, got a little two-step interlude, and then it's four four, and it just stuff like that's cool. It just kind of keeps your interest. It just makes it a little bit more than just another dance track, doesn't it? And yeah. slick, slickly done, as you say, just really slick, just slick across the board. I love finding these ones as well when they slip out on Bandcamp, and you know they're not in the mainstream shop because he's ripped the pella. 
and uh, and, he, and it's a booty. So, but you know, you chuck them four quid, you get five tunes, worth every penny, mate. I do, I do wonder, you know, talking about that with Bandcamp and booties, how long that's going to go on for. I think, um, I think they'll be clamping down on, on the bootlegs at some point soon. Don't jinx yourself, mate. They'll have the doors off a Riddler studio, will they? <laughs> well, do you know what? I've, I've kind of... All the Riddler stuff, the, the stuff that's kind of got the, the, the illicit samples in it, that's all available, available for free. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of people around that are just uh, making a lot of money off of stolen goods, <laughs> shall we say. I don't know how long for how long that will continue before... before uh... But, you know, you, you call it stolen goods, mate, but it's like... You know, it, the, the spins that people put on them tracks, the, the original artist would never have envisaged oh, absolutely. that at all. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not criticising. I'm not criticising at all. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been guilty of, as anyone, of, of doing the old bootleg here and there over the years. And I say, so, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's you know, it's dance music. It's, it's, it's the culture. It's, it's built on it, isn't it? You know, but... but the internet police don't like it, do they? Let's be honest. We've, we've seen it before, haven't we, with, with SoundCloud and... You know, every every platform that kind of rises to prominence and, and where you can kind of host bootlegs and stuff eventually seems to kind of fall foul of it. Yeah, completely, completely. All right. Well, um, that was my one. Do you want to do you want to drop us in with uh, Roberto Stiley Volume Two? Next one. Uh, next one's fresh. So this one isn't actually out yet, and I don't actually know what the um, release intentions for this are. I'm, I'm under the understanding that it's out at some point in the next few weeks. Uh, if it was any longer than that, then obviously I would hold fire and play on it because that would just be a bit of a tease. Uh, but after the, uh, the, the the success of the last podcast, I've had a few people sending me some more tunes, and this one dropped in my inbox today. It actually usurped something because I was going to um, my second tune. I was going to play was uh, ah I've forgotten the, the name of it. That uh, Jesus by Sampladelic because I love that track. Uh, do, you know, do you know what I mean? The one that's, it's out on point blank. Yeah, now. Yeah, I've been yeah, after yeah. it for ages, and it's finally out and. <clears throat> I was I was like yeah that's going in there and then and then I got this little four four number through from uh, Laura Alice who um, features on a couple of the interludes on my album um, and it's quite tasty it's um, just got a kind of nice happy feel good vibe to it so I thought I'd give it a spin see what you make of it mate and let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, it just, um, you know, it's funny because uh, obviously we were talking at length on the last podcast about the kind of 4 4 uh, sounds of, of that kind of lost era 2004 2005 and all those kind of bumpy tracks around from people like, um, you know, GE, Artifact, Solution, uh, Mr. Bumpy, and all that. And um, this, there are elements of this that kind of scream out Artifact to me. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's got this kind of like um, sort of offbeat, syncopated organ bass on it, which kind of sets it apart slightly, but. Um, could definitely hear kind of shades of those kind of older days in it, which kind of made me smile. Just I don't know, it's not uh, not particularly elaborate track. It's it's it does what it says on the tin, but it just 
just feels good. I could, I could quite happily dance to that in a rave. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's definitely a bit chilled. Um, I, I like it. I'd like as soon as I heard the kit, like, I was completely thinking of artifacts and that kind of era. Um, he done. There's a tune he done called "Burning Up." It was a remix, I think, of a Jay Sweet tune. Do you remember that tune? I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that instantly jumped into my mind, um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it might be because I was thinking about that tune today, but I did think of Artifacts when I heard this tune straight away. Um, yeah, it's decent, like the organ bass, um, you've got the nice chill pads, the, the nice vocal, it's, it's a chilled little number. Very, very nice, tidy little selection. You know I like a chilled number. I like a, I like a bass tear out every once in a while, but you've got to kind of balance it out on you. <laughs> you know I mean? You're no doubt going to bless us with some bass, I'm sure, in your next selection. I'll leave, leave you to do that, man. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to snap your neck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the the next one, it, I mean, we've given a lot of coverage to to Nightbase really, because the next one is off of uh, uh, this is Nightbase Volume Twelve, and that's where uh, Nightbase showcase a whole bunch of new artists. So they'll do like an EP of like ten or so tracks of just all different people, and I think from there they'll see right who gets picked up as the kind of next thing. Um, on Nightbase, so this one uh, say came out uh, drops live since the the last show in the shops, and this is by someone I've never heard before called Body Ocean, and this tune just just watch watch the switches on it, and it's it's called Pop Your Hip, uh, yeah, hold tight for it. Track, right, it uh, takes a bit of time to get going. That's fucking from. cool. Do you know, I mean, the, um, the, the the breakdown, the drop, it's it's almost kind of speed garage levels in terms of how drawn out it is, isn't it? But uh, you know, when you get when you get a drop that's like that lengthy, I mean, we talked about it last time, your wildcard selection, didn't we? Because by the time it drops, you're so ready for it that there's like even if it was a shit drop, you'd just be ready to skank. But I mean, obviously that's that's a big one, like when it when it does drop. I was quite enjoying the intro actually. It's kind of got that kind of old school Miami booty bass vibe going onto it, and I, I like a bit of that. And I was just wasn't sure where it was going. It's the first time I've heard this tune. I wasn't sure it was going. I was just like, is it going to speed up? Is it is it going to drop? Is this is this? I thought you were just pulling for some proper random retro trap for a second. 
Wait, it's the drop. So like, it's the way where like, literally, like that like four, like four bars or a bar, is it? Like one bar before the drop, it suddenly completely switches into like something else, and then it goes back into house again. It's just sick. Um, and yeah, I just think it was really well done. Um, it's got that, it's the same way that kind of Hans Glader's switching in between different styles all across the track. He's got a bit of that going on here, um, but he's, he's got his own take on it and it's still kind of like a, a housey driven track. But it's, I mean, you've got to imagine when I played this, I've pitched it up to fuck so that it's running at 134 BPM. And so there's a bit more kind of hype to it. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, this one, this, this makes me want to DJ in clubs and, and drop this on a fat system and bring back the clubs, man. Bring back the clubs. What tempo is that running at by, by default, mate? Because it's, it's, it's still, is, it's got quite a lot of energy to it. I mean, obviously the intro was considerably slower, but like once it dropped it. I don't know, let's see. I won 123, apparently. Okay. Yeah, so you have yeah, to, to do some pitching then to you're using the oh, master wait. tempo button on that one. Literally just right <laughs> slide it all the way down. Oh, I love that. I, I, can, I can hear, when I hear tracks, I can hear if I play them faster, they'll fit in with my sound, even if it's not how the original artist intended. That's good, because not all DJs can do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I had a lot of feedback on some of my jazz stick stuff, because some of those early jazz stick ones were like 124, 125, and the feedback I was getting was, nah, mate, can't play, that's too slow. And I was like... Fucking pitch it up, you know, like yeah. That's it. The CDJs are smart enough now to keep it sounding the way you intended, yeah. just at a faster speed. Yeah. Like slow. You're always in more trouble if you have to slow it down. If you're slowing down a 140, you might get some like digital distortions. Yeah, yeah. But speeding it up, you don't hear any difference. Um, but yeah, so that was my um, my housey selection, I guess, for this one. Um, Caught me off guard a little bit there without going too wild card on me. <laughs> Brilliant. I like it. Brilliant. I enjoyed that. Uh, oh, hang on. This, I nearly played the wrong record then. That would have been awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> Play you a Lost Years one when I'm supposed to be playing a current one. That would have been, yeah. Right, next up, um, and I can't remember what label this was on, actually. I did write it down there. So this is out now. I think this came out last week, the week before. Now you've been playing it on your show, haven't you? Came out on South Point. This is Badger featuring Rio. Another, another one probably quite predictable that I was going to pick this, but... Uh, I mean, just listen to it. How, how could I not? This is uh, this is switch it up. You acting strange. What is this game? You have no shame. Yeah. Where is the old you? Made me feel so good. Now you can't even say my name. Don't disturb me. I am on the roll. I don't need this rigmarole. Why you trying to increase control? What's up with all of these false claims? Claiming all women the same. trumpets mate they get me every time so, you know I, I was I'm in an hour in earlier I was I was kind of trying to as I said I was struggling to kind of whip down to three and um, I wanted to showcase that new James Levon's track because it's fucking bad boy um, and it was either that or this and I was listening back to this and, and, and I was you know you get to about a minute in and then those trumpets come in 
And the second those muted, muted trumpets came in, I was just like, nah, it's that. I can't, I literally, you put a muted trumpet in front of me, I cannot argue against it. And it's so, I don't know, I don't know where, like, I don't know if he's, if he's recorded that live or if that's off a sample kit or if he sampled that from somewhere, but it's so, it just sounds so authentic that you could pull that off that track, stick it in the 50s, and no one would bat an eyelid, would they? It just, it, it just gives it such a nice warm vibe to it. If there's one thing I don't like about the track, I'm not overly keen on it, it's the snare. I don't normally heap criticism on people and especially subjective stuff like that because obviously snares are contentious but like I listen to it and I'm like ah oh, I fucking love this track I wish I could just just a little bit of a tighter snare on it but you know all, all that said if, if the only thing someone can moan about is, is a snare then I don't think Danny, you've done a bad job do you know what I mean all in all the vibes just just spot on even the vocal the vocal do you know what I mean it's, she's kind of got that kind of um that kind of lazy husky tone to her voice and it just it fits really well with the jazz kind of vibe to it do you know what i mean it's just yeah it's nice it, it feels 50s-esque right yeah. you can imagine her like with a big kind of clamshell behind her and an old school mic singing into it yeah. it's, it's it's totally got that aesthetic um i mean I, you, you when i spoke to you in the week and you was like oh it's so weird you've mixed that tune into my tune because i love that tune because on my show this week obviously i've mixed that, that that badger tune into one of your brand new ones that's coming out soon on highly swung records yeah um is that that was the one with final cut collective blame, right? bl- uh, blame it on you yeah blame it on you with final cut collective that's out on the uh, 30th this of this month for anybody who's uh, wanting to go and put a few pennies plug, in my pocket plug, 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 plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, so like, but it, it was immediately when I heard that, it was like, right, these sounds completely are, uh, they're matching, they're going to blend together well. And they did, it, it, it mixed in really nicely. Yeah, it um, did. It did. Lo- loving that EP as well. I was loving your, because um, obviously on that, you've got that tune, which is classic phonetics jazz step with the final cut, which is becoming its own thing, right? Um, and then you've got uh, uh, not not as uh, not, not afraid, not afraid. Right? not afraid. Yeah, not afraid. Which obviously I've got a dub plate special. You had that. You had the... that before anyone, didn't you? You had the originally had way, way story back. behind that track was it was done for you, my friend. And then well, uh, did you make it from scratch for me? I made it from scratch for you. I did. I did. <sighs> Holy boys! I am completely privileged. Thank you very much, <laughs> yeah, sir. You're you're most literally. <laughs> so that that is now getting a, a tidy little release on on Heidi Swung, and in the third the third track. Um, it's 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 not it, you know what I wouldn't have even probably known it was you if uh, if someone didn't tell me because it is proper like garage four four. It's out um, there, but isn't done it? really well. It's, oh, you, no, you it's like done it. really well, mate. It's, it's the type yeah. of track. It's the type of track where I fully accept you'd either love it or hate it. Yeah, the weird one with that one was it actually started because yeah, I've got like um, obviously I do on my my garage and my EDM is phonetics, but then I've got I've got my other sort of side which is in my day job in effect where, where I do beat leasing so I work with beat shotters um, beatshotters.com for anyone who's interested um, and basically I do um, I license instrumental music uh, for sync licensing purposes so for adverts and that kind of thing also directly to vocalists who need beats that they want to rap or sing on uh, and actually the musical aspects of that track that you're talking about are from a trap beat so I made a trap track based on um based on a little Uzi Vert track. Um, it, it was kind of inspired by that. So it's really kind of kind of spacey and out there, isn't it? And I, th- I don't know what possessed me to turn it into a 4-4 track, but I was just listening back to the trap beat one day and I was just like, ah, oh, really fucking cool to just stick all the musical elements over a 4-4 beat and give it a really dirty bass. And I feel like it's the type of track, like you say, it's like a 4-4 roller. Like you could listen to that in your speakers and you wouldn't necessarily appreciate it, but I think when the clubs reopen and you drop that tune gonna fucking bang because that bass is just low and rumbly no, i hope it, i hope it is anyway <laughs> uh, I, love it. I, 
I love that you've um, you've mashed like two genres together and come up with something a little bit different. And I think uh, you know it tells. I say I, I didn't even really know it was said. I didn't know you could have told me it was anyone else, and I would have believed it because it wasn't a classic. What the the sound that you're currently chiseling yeah. slowly but surely in in the jazz style. But amazing track. Oh, um, thanks, mate. Remind me of the name of it again. Uh, leaving. He's leaving, leaving. isn't he? I'm, I'm just going to double check that because I'm not actually sure. <laughs> I make these tracks and I, and I give them names and then I forget all of them. Let me, let me double check. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was. Um, yeah, I think probably the reason it sounds a bit out there as well and different to what I'm doing currently is because um, I made it quite a while ago. You know, I've been concentrating quite um, exclusively on jazz step for a while now. Do you know what I mean? But like, I, I signed a load of stuff. Um, mid last year before I really kind of got cracking on the album so we're just coming to a point now where I've got a string of EP releases coming out of kind of quite bass heavy stuff which is confusing people because I'm getting messages from people that are just like well you've done with Jazz Step and I'm like no 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 there's more Jazz Step on the horizon trust me trust me <laughs> just don't make another alias man you don't need any more alright you've got enough one more for the list <laughs> I've got to keep up with Jeremy Sylvester mate oh cool blimey alright so so I'll move on to my last one. We'll, we'll, um... So, um, so last show, obviously, I, I, well, I say obviously, if you listen to last show, uh, my third track selection was a tune by LR Group called Silverback, and it was my kind of random uh, wild card one that I threw in there. Uh, I wanted to stick to that this, this time round to keep another wild card in. Now, in between last show and this show, um, uh, we would say we were getting really good feedback across all the platforms, and on Twitter, I was speaking to, to Merlin, uh, who's on Kane FM, and he was like, yeah, that LR Groove tune, he said he'd played that, and I, and I sent him this tune, and I went, what do you reckon on this one? And he said, oh, that's a little little bit out there for me, a little bit past the line for him. Um, I, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it for you now. So it is on uh, one of my favourite Spanish labels, uh, uh, run by a guy called Gao, uh, and it's 83 records now. They, they're more air into the side of Breakbeat, but they've got, honestly, their back catalogue is amazing. Uh, they've got guys on there like Murix, uh, Hankook. Uh, I think Bowser might have appeared on there. He's kind of breaking through at the moment. Um, but the 83's back catalogue, if you've never listened to it uh, and you're into Savage Bass, please highly recommend it. Um, this one is by a guy, oh, how do you pronounce his name? It's spelled M-M-E-E, but I think he calls it M-E. I'm not too sure. I'm sorry for butchering your name, mate. Anyway, this is out now on 83 Records, and, uh, and this tune is entitled Rude Boy. That makes me want to shout a lot of swear words loudly. Um, again, this is probably a little bit slowed down. I wonder what BPM this one's running at. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's at 130. I'd, again, I'd pitch that up. But it's yeah, I love. It's got, it's got the kind of like the old school jungly breaky sounds. It's a little bit minimal. 
So it's not fully kind of two-step at all by any sense, but it's just got a fat drop and a fat bit of bass, and, and I just love it as my wild card for this week. It's a good choice, man. You know, like, it's one of those tracks where you know from the first note, the second you've hit play, this is going to kick when it drops, because nobody can start a tune like that without it having this phenomenal dirty bassy drop, do you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. Just like that first note, you're just like, yes, yeah. I mean, you put me onto 83 a while back, actually, and you're right, they've got some some wicked stuff. I, I, like, I like, you know, a lot, there was a lot of that breaky stuff from, like, the turn of the century. Like, you had, I say turn of the century, probably more like 2004, 2005, when it was all popping off with people like Control-Z and Diverted, and they were doing, and Decline and Wizard were, were sort of smashing it then as well, weren't they? Like, that really gritty, kind of breaky sound. I like, I like, I like this track is kind of like, it's, it's got energy, but it's got, kind of got a different kind of energy. It's, it's almost like a merge between that kind of old school style breaks and the dubstep. Do you know what I mean? Because you kind of got that half step thing going on and the, the break beat going in the background. It's just, it's another one. It's another one. Like we, we've been talking about a lot of tunes that are like fusions of styles. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's slickly done. Ah, I, I just, I love, I love a good piece of forward thinking music. You yeah. know? And that is, that, that's the category it falls into for me. I wanted to, wanted to share it with you so like that, was, that was my wild card well not to be outdone by you because last time right I, I, for just for the benefit of the listeners we agreed three tunes each right i didn't realize there was going to be a wild card so last time i came along with three you know pretty standard obvious selections brains here comes up and trumps me with this disgusting bass heavy track so this time i wanted to do a wild card as well so i'm going to kind of unofficially break our little our unwritten rule here and i'm going to actually drop a fourth and i don't think it really needs any discussion at all because I, I kind of feel like it speaks for itself um so i'm just basically going to say um this is it would help if i remember what it was called wouldn't it this is sam stone um sam stone x arundel uh, with a track called kenshi and it's out now on 440 Absolutely disgusting, and I love it. I love. It. I think people get me wrong because obviously, especially you know, now now I've kind of gone all mature and musical, and I'm doing this jazz step stuff. People kind of forget that I used to make kind of bass heavy stuff. But when you draw for something like that, people are like, oh, I didn't expect you to to be on that. But like, how can you not like that, man? Like that, it's that high pitched, piercing bass note just gets me every time, man. I've, I got I got the promo for it, and I played it, and I was just like, oh, yes, I'm definitely having that as my wild card. No hesitations. So, so basically what you're saying is where um, people don't understand that you used to be into bass, then you might be saying, you just don't get me, get me, get me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, classic Robbie T track, if you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I spun this one on on, uh, on my last show. Uh, Lengtastic, 440 does it really, really well. Bad boy, let's say that screeching bass when he goes, Wah! yes. 
I was all for that, mate. Definitely all for that. Good choice, good choice. I feel like, I know obviously we had um, penciled in our itinerary here for me to go first on the next section, which is the forgotten gem of the week. But being that I just uh, dropped in a cheeky fourth selection there, I think maybe you go first, mate. Completely broke the pact. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so, so for the benefit of the listener, it, uh, if you've been following the tunes, we've been kind of curating them as we go along on Spotify. Phonetics has kindly got a spotify playlist you can follow we've been updating that uh with the tunes that we showcase in the show plus a couple of other hot ones of the moment and if you want to grab that uh search on spotify for phonetics you can find it on there it's in the uk garage recommends or you can go to in the uk forward slash recommends nice and easy peasy and thank you for keeping that up sir because spotify I mix all my tunes. I don't listen to Spotify, so I don't know what that is. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised, actually, because after you know, after we um, we did the last podcast, I said to you, um, "I'll give me a list of other bits that you're feeling, and I'll, I'll do like a little playlist, sort of both of our selects, and, and we'll put it out there." And uh, you sent me a list for it, and I thought, "Ah, oh, these these aren't going to be available on Spotify." Do you, do you know what I mean? Because there are tracks that that, just, that you know they're on Juno or they're on on Beatport or whatever, but they don't necessarily kind of peel for free to Spotify. And I was pleasantly surprised that all of your choices did pop up. I don't know whether you scouted Spotify for them before you sent me the list through to be kind, but it definitely made my job a bit easier. I think there was one, maybe I maybe like to change one or two, but no, I mean, most people just hit publish on every platform now, don't they, when they go out? So It kind of makes sense to you. And I was talking about this with someone recently, and because like, like, like obviously you've got the, the diehard vinyl lot who are, who are doing vinyl releases, and you've got the, the fan base that buy the vinyl releases. And a lot of those vinyl releases, and I think we touched on this last time, they're like, vinyl only they never kind of find their way into the digital realm and as as, as an artist myself it kind of perplexes me a bit because i can't quite wrap my head around the idea of wanting to sell 300 copies and that being it and nobody else being able to have that music i i maybe i'm missing the point i would like as many people as possible to be able to access my music and as you say the way to do that is to go every platform available publish and let's get it out there but um, you know different goals man people have got to eat right people yeah. got to eat and i think people have found an outlet to make money and you know what that's fine if that's how it is uh, i guess it just means it's inaccessible to me because i can't be asked to get my decks out of the box to rip a vinyl um to get a sub quality version of a tune unfortunately my, i think my favorite thing recently with a vinyl uh, was smashers put out uh, a, a vinyl ep and he put the digital version up for sale for £999. I saw that. I saw that. That made me chuckle. That did make me chuckle. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, all right. Shall we move into the forgotten years? So I'm wondering. We, uh, I'm wondering because I don't know what your forgotten years gem is. I'm wondering if it's going to be one that I can source for the Spotify playlist. I should send apologies. Oh. For last time, I picked a sort of spurious 2004 artifact release, which I then couldn't source on Spotify. So... Uh, in the absence of that, that's missing from the in the in the in, in the garage recommends playlist. But some things that they you know they they have to live and die on on an old school vinyl, especially if they're old school booties. And this may fall into the avenue of old school booties. Um, there's there's lots of reasons why I picked this tune. Uh, lots of stories I could tell about it after we've listened to it. One of the main reasons is absolutely fucking love it and it's uh, I'm, I'm a complete soppy melt at heart so when you understand the lyrics to this one and, and how cheesy it is um you, you will see how kind of soppy i am so i'm gonna i'm just gonna play it and then we'll talk about it and you'll know what it is from the first beat you'll know exactly what this tune is
Emotion. Uh, just pure emotion, mate. Right, so that one is Jagged Edge. What's it like, Wookie, on the remix? So obviously, Wookie, traditionally known for Savage Bass, uh, you know, the, the, the Down On Me scrappy EP is arguably one of the greatest two trackers in Garage of all time. Um, bold statement there. Uh, you know, he he was went and pivoted into kind of this more housey vibe. And as the garage transition forgotten years started happening, this came out around 2004. And, you know, we had all the, the stuff that we were playing in the last show out. And then this kind of come in as well. So it's like, right, it's Wookie. He's a garage guy. Garage people are going to put his vinyl up. And it got played by all the garage people. And I just, I love everything about this track. I love the vocal, I love the the mood, I love the sound of the, the warmness of the bass. Um, it, and it's such good memories for me. But then the house guys started picking this up as well. So I used to live with a funky house DJ. And it, it was good for me because it was a landmark of a genre crosser. You used to get loads of genre crossers back in the day. When you think about when like Armand Van Helden was rocking back in the late 90s, right? There'd be tunes like um, You Don't Even Know Me that would be played by DJs left, right and centre across all different styles and genres, right? That, that tune was not a garage tune. It was not a house tune. It was a everyone's tune. And this was this was causing like arguments between funky house and garage DJs. It's like, is this a garage tune? Is it a house tune? And it's like, you know what? It don't matter. It's a wicked tune that many people can play. And I just, I wanted to share this tune because it's just, it, it feels, it makes me feel warm to this day just to hear this tune. Love it. Absolutely love it. I remember around this time he was doing, like you say, he was doing a, a, a lot of tracks that were kind of on a similar vibe. He did the, um, the Golden remix, the, the Jill Scott Golden remix. That was kind yes. of similar, wasn't it? And, and, and then he kind of went off and did, he kind of did a, a different, slightly different lick on it. Because I remember there being um, a Lily Allen remix he did as well, but he kind of went down a sort of slightly carnival kind of route with that. Do you, know, do you remember? It was kind of similar kind of beats, but it just kind of was a bit rougher. Uh, yeah, I, I dig that. I dig that. I think any, anybody that's, um, you know, got the... the um, artistic ability to kind of bounce between genres like that I think it really showcases how skilled someone like I mean not that we ever doubted that Wookiee was skilled do you know what I mean but like I think it's easy to kind of pigeonhole people and I think people like to do that and especially contemporary modern day people like to put you in a box and go oh you're a garage producer uh, as you as you rightly state like around that time and, and earlier like in the 90s and that you could kind of get away with a lot, of, a lot more kind of bouncing around you look at people like um, Fatboy Slim it's kind of hard to define really what what he what he was as a, you know you can't put him into a box because he jumped around so much and that's kind of how it should be so it's nice to see someone like Wookie be able to kind of flex his creative muscles and, and and have that freedom to kind of mix it up a bit but I do still maintain that you know for me the 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 the, the golden Wookie sound the, the the ideal Wookie sounds were the the two step bits I prefer those over these housey bits. I, look, I mean, that's where he was his strongest, and I completely get it. Like, say, Scrappy Down On Me is say, one of the greatest EPs of all time, right? But but th- th- in this forgotten era when everything started to kind of uh, come back from the grave and start a new kind of garage sound, this was the route he went. And you mentioned the other one, the Jill Scott Golden remix. If you haven't heard that, track that down. Uh, amazing. Again, same sort of vibe. Very warm, very fuzzy. And the other one um, was Sia. Uh, she, they, he remixed. Um, oh God, what was the song? Don't get me wrong. Da, da, da. I can't remember what it was called, but it was. It's another house tune like this 
It was the, that was the three kind of Wookiee tunes that I had. Where I Belong, that's what it was called. And that was before Sia is the powerhouse that she is now. I was going to say, right? that was back in the days where Sia sounded like a completely different person. You know, I, I remember speaking to somebody when she, and it wasn't until she did that tune with David Getter, the name of which escapes me. Uh, do you know what I mean? The really uh, <laughs> pop music, what? yeah. It, she, she, you know, now her range seems exponentially larger than it was. She's, a, she's got, a, she's a real solid vocalist, and she belts them out. But when you look back in the day, if you look at a track like Little Man, I was talking to someone. I was just like, yeah, yeah, same seer, and they were like, ah, oh, no, no, it's not. I was like, yeah, no, it's the same bird. <laughs> they wouldn't believe me that it was the same vocalist. They were like, no, nah, it's just a different bird with the, with the same name. I was like, no, fuck it, it's really, it's the same bird. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, fair play. She's definitely like, I mean, she was what massively talented songwriter back then. Yeah. And she's, she's obviously matured to the point where into superstardom now, as you, you can appreciate that, that she, and the thing that I love that she's focused on her music, like when she used to be out in public, right? She'd, when she's performing on stage, she'd cover her face. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's not about my face. It's about what I'm singing. Um, so, you know, I've got nothing but respect for her. Yeah. And, uh, and yes, so she falls into that holy wookie trifecta, um, from, from the forgotten years. So that, that was my pick, Roberto. Do you know, I'm just going to go off piece a little bit. You know, my, the, 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 the Wookiee one that springs to mind for me, and, I, and I've said that, and now I've forgotten what it, what it, what it was called. Didn't he do, um, <coughs> excuse me, he did a, a, like a really skippy, it was, it was before that, it was probably, I reckon, 2003, so it was kind of on the tail end of his like, two-step bit before he went all housey. Did he do um, Everybody Cries? Was that Liberty X? Do you remember the one I mean? It was a completely nah, different not... sound to, I think, just about every other Wookiee track I've ever heard. Like the drums were really, really hard to explain, but they were kind of not thin sounding, but kind of really short and snappy. Because, you know, those old Wookiee beats, you know, on, on the, all that soul to soul stuff, it was kind of, it was syncopated, but it was fat as fuck. And it was like really punchy. You think of like a track like Storm and it just, it just fucking has it, doesn't it? It slaps from the start. And then he did Everybody yeah. Cries and it was... It was it was another one which you would probably describe as warm because it was kind of quite soulful and it was quite cheesy and sing along. But yeah, he kind of went down that route for a while. Yeah, sorry. I think he was. Is it, I think he would. No, it's, it's not. It's not drifting away, is it? I think he's trying to find his feet when everyone was getting lost at the tail end of of uh, garage and and it was splitting apart into grime and dubstep and then whatever was left over. You know, it, I think a lot of producers were just trying different things. Yeah. And I think this was when he finally landed on something that people wanted to start to listen to again i got i got the impression i recall being i was back in back in uni at the time i recall buying a load, load of those he self-released a load of stuff via manchu i think manchu was his his own imprint right yeah yeah he self-released a load of quite dark stuff but i always got the impression listening to it that his heart wasn't really in it do you know what I mean? I think, I think you hit the nail on the head where you, when you were saying he was trying to find his feet. I almost got the impression that, you know, because obviously he's, he's musical background, he, he's oozing soul from every pore, isn't he? You've only got to listen to any of his tracks to hear that. And there was a while there where he was making these, it was verging on being grime. It wasn't quite grime, but it wasn't garage. It was something in between. And I almost felt like he was probably sat in the studio thinking, oh, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. I'll throw it out and hope for the best. <laughs> and, then, and then obviously he kind of stumbled across this formula with the house stuff and was just like, yes, this is music I actually want to make. No, fair play to him for persevering. Completely. Yeah. Thank you for doing it, is yeah. what I'm going to say, because that, that tune is beautiful. And from one beautiful tune to the next, that's a perfect segue for me to drop in my one. My one is much later, and I know last time we spoke at length about the Forgotten Era, sort of 2004 through 2008. I thought it would be too obvious for me to come through with some delinquent or some ODM or something, because that was what everyone was expecting me to do. So I went a little bit later, 
and I picked something that, yes, is by my good buddies, The Final Cut Collective, but I didn't pick it because they're my good buddies. I picked it because it's an absolute banger. Uh, and it's another one, just real soulful and makes me feel good. It's got Jay Harvey on the vocal, and it's just, it's just sing-along heaven. It's, it's classic 90s house done in 2013. So I'll hit play for you. I hear Final Cut Collective and I always it just just makes me think of like Booker T and, and, and that kind of nice and ripe some of the Grant Nelson sounds that it's the chords it's the chords that really set them apart I think as a, as a as a garage production team they are massively under underappreciated and I think that's probably partly because of their own activity they don't make enough tunes to kind of be really on the tip of people's tongues but I feel like if they were more active than they are um, they're talent their, their potential is limitless because the, the, the musicality of it and the mix downs the, all the elements all the sound design everything is there all the pieces of the puzzle they've got a real honed defined kind of contemporary take on classic garage and it just never fails to make me smile but they've done a few remixes for me over the years and it's always a joy to give them something to remix because I know when it's coming back like they did with Blue Step and they did it with Losing My Mind like I, I just know when it comes back I'm going to be like yes you've, you've trumped my original there massively but I don't mind because I love it um, and th this track is just it's the you know it's the epitome of it's just solid it's um and Jay's vocal as well it's just it, Jay's kind of got that cheeky chappy thing going on doesn't he and like the whole like party in the, the weekend thing it kind of it suits the, the, the lyrical content it all just everything just matches perfectly yeah, I mean, there was a moment in kind of those years where Jay was one of the, the, the vocalists that you was hearing a lot on many, many tunes. Uh, I One of the first times I heard him was on that tune, Sessions, uh, that was, I don't was that Portelli pushing that one? No, no, that was, no, no, Portelli was pushing the Golden Child one, um, What Do You Want to Do? Oh, that was a tune. I'm pretty sure Sessions was, um, it was AIM Records, wasn't it? It was it was Danny C on the buttons, if I recall rightly. Uh, oh, okay. That would make more sense. I think it was. I might be off there, but I think it was. And and it had, it had Special MC on that as well, right? But that's, but that was the kind of the first tune. So that Golden Child one and the Sessions one, that's when I kind of first remember hearing Jay Harvey coming out. And I even went and met him one day, randomly, outside of um, One Extra. I went down there just to be a fangirl and uh, and linked up with them for a bit. And uh, and yeah, I mean, the, the Final Cut Collective, uh, 
ba uh, banging remix. Was, was that um, was that, that come out on vinyl or was that digital only? Uh, as far as I'm aware, it was digital only. That's, yeah, it was digital only. I remember speaking with them about this because I think they'd liked the idea of doing vinyl, but let's be honest, you would have been mental to put out a, a, a garage vinyl in 2013 when you just wouldn't have sold however good it was. And that was a strong release, but would it have, would it have made back the money? I don't know. Uh, but it's one of those ones, I think because it kind of fell at that period in time, it's, it was kind of a no man's land because... Garage in, in around that time was kind of finding a bit of a footing again. We've kind of been through these phases with it over the years, do you know what I mean? And I, th I feel like Final Cut were kind of they're not old guard because they, they were I would still consider them a new school producer because they kind of the Final Cut collective, collective were kind of established a similar time, really, probably to when me and you first kind of met back in that kind of forgotten era. Excuse me. But there is a newer breed of producers that are, that are obviously a lot younger than us that have come along since. And I think 2013, you had tr you had big tracks up by people like Shiftkey and Grades that were kind of they were kind of first starting to emerge. Then, so a track like this kind of got a bit lost, and that was kind of why I wanted to pick it and just go look. If you haven't heard this, go and check this, go and check it out, and go and check the Final Cut Collective out on the whole because you know the discography is small but it's sick. And I would say that for a lot of I would say. That, Sorry, go on. It's a fair game now then. All, I say all those years, they're fair game now. 2013 from, and, and beyond. <laughs> it's all fair game. I think typically going forward, my, my lost era bits are probably going to be 2004 through 2008, 2009. <laughs> but I just wanted to break the mould, you know. I've already broken the rules once today with, with a fourth, with a wildcard selection. So fuck it. Why not do it again? <laughs> Yeah, you got it. just 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 messing with the formula all over the place, mate. I don't want I don't want to be all OCD and autistic about this. Um, thank you for for bringing that tune back into the mix, man. It's a it's a lovely lovely beat. Um, and say Jay's vocals there. Um, big up to the Final Cut Collective. I've always been confused about the link between Final Cut Collective and Final Cut Records. <laughs> I think that's kind of well. <coughs> so the collective is. It's somewhat mysterious in its very nature. Do you know what I mean? I, I think you can ask around and not a lot of people know who the Final Cut Collective are. And I'm not at liberty to disclose it because I'm sworn to secrecy, but it, they are people that had affiliations with it when it was the label. Obviously, Jabs has kind of moved on now as need to sort of different pastures. And um, the label is kind of there, but kind of inactive. And, you know, um, obviously, Stuart, Stuart Kettridge was kind of at the helm for a bit. Uh, but he's he's obviously doing his different bits and pieces now. I, I saw actually yesterday. I was quite sad because he posted up a thing to announce that he's um, he's closed the Southeast Studios marketing um, business now. Um, so I think he, he's obviously. I mean, everyone you know, life takes you off in different directions, and he's got his fingers in loads of pies, so he's off doing different things. I don't know what that means in terms of the future for Final Cut Records, uh, but the collective I think will still go on making tunes here and there. Um, I just wish that it was less here and there and, and more often, and I will keep poking them. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, qu quality over quantity. I'll give them that. I'd rather, I'd, rather hear, I'd rather hear one decent track a year than 12 shit ones, you know. So, so that, you know, it's, it's, it's all about quality ultimately. I mean, the, the Final Cut Records is, is definitely fair game for, for Forgotten Years because there was the Proton EP. Oh, mate. Uh, would come out on that. CJ Rain put out a lot of bits on Final Cut as well. I mean, CJ, yeah. CJ and Proton, they're, they're, they're both massively underappreciated on the whole, I feel. Still, even now, CJ churns out so much. His, his work rate is it's almost up there with tough culture in terms of the amount of stuff he does. And he still doesn't get the props he should because 
technically speaking, like if you break down the level of his production, his expertise, you know, he's up there, he's top tier. And I don't feel like enough people credit him with that. Yeah, it's a shame. I've I've definitely supported him over the years for for well the last 15 years at least I've been supporting CJ Rain. Uh, I say amazing talent and I love I love it when it's garage out of a different country but still repping the sound. Um it's it's all it's always great. Um but yeah, so I mean f- funny funny fact, uh, me and Jabs were on the same internet radio station before I joined Sub FM. I used to be on a station called Pressure Radio. And that's where I first met Jabs on there, um, way, way back. Pressure um, Radio, I'd forgotten about all... that. I'd forgotten about yeah. that. Yeah, rings a bell now, now you say that. Yeah, but you know, it was mainly a house show. Like, it was, there were garage people on there. And then, um, and, I, and then I ended up being at like, one of the last garage shows. And I was like, look, I've got, I've got to move on. I had like diehard listeners that would, that would be there every show. And it's like, yeah, you know, maybe let's go to a different platform. And I tried sub. Sub's kind of been growing. Um, Good, many good years there though, and uh, yeah, Jabs, Jabs, great guy, top great, fella, great guy. top fella, yeah, yeah, got a lot of time for Jabs, and uh, yeah, he brought through some, he brought through some some wicked tunes on that label in in those early days as well. TNG, I think TNG was on there as well, wasn't he? Um, TNG, another another underrated producer from those years who you know is off in the distance now. I think he's left Garage behind altogether, but um, yeah, he was he did some bangers. Completely. All right, shall we? Uh, shall we get into? The next section, the gas. Gassing. Let's gas in. Let's get gassing. Um, we'll leave the forgotten years. They were going to be forgotten once again. So, what do you? Uh, what do you want to bang on about this week, Rob? Well, the first thing that sprung to mind when I when I was thinking, what can we talk about? Is the MJ Cold Twitch stream. Uh, and if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, I would thoroughly recommend doing so. It's much as you would expect it to be. Um, so it's basically MJ Cole in the studio making tunes and that is as glorious to watch as it sounds like it should be um it's as a producer as somebody who's been doing it as long as i have it's kind of soul destroying to watch how effortless he makes it look uh but equally in equal parts inspiring because um to, to see you know he literally goes from he built a track from the ground up uh, and he did a, a sort of an edition of it a few weeks back where um scott diaz has got a new sample pack out i can't think what it's called i think it's called garage mate on his um on his new sample pack company i can't think what it's called the name of it escapes me completely uh but he'd given mj a copy of that and mj was like right i'm basically going to take this sample pack and i'm going to make a tune uh based around it and he and he came through with like a um one of those classic turn of the century do you remember when he was doing like when the sincere lp came out and there was the intro on that album was the 2000 dub of sincere and it was just like disgustingly bass heavy it had that piano intro didn't it and then it dropped and it was just grit but it was still beautiful because it was MJ. Like, only mj can make something that's just like really dubby and dirty but still make you go ah, oh, it's beautiful it's beautiful and he came through with one of those a few weeks back and i was just i was just sat here and all just like man i wish i could do that <laughs> i'll keep trying i'll keep trying one day um but it's, it's good it's nice it's a nice nice little forum there because he obviously it's like if you've, you if you've used twitch and i know you've used twitch before so you'll be familiar with it if you haven't used twitch um you get you know people doing a whole variety of things so you, you get your, your people making music you get gamers on there and stuff but there's a, a chat bar down the side where people who are watching can kind of interact and you can interact with the person who's doing doing the stream but you can also kind of interact with each other and it's it's a nice 
nice little kind of bringing together of, of, of the community because I think anybody who's got any clue about Garage knows about MJ Cole, right? And anybody who knows MJ Cole has probably at one point in time thought, I'd love to see how this guy works, how he, how he does this magic. So it's bringing in all manner of people and there's, there's old school bods in there, there's new school bods, there's producers, there's DJs, there's people that I've never heard of and everyone's just kind of there and kind of chatting and it just kind of adds a nice element to it, especially because... MJ MJ's like he's a really likable guy, do you know what I mean? He's really down to earth. He's quite amusing. And he does kind of interact with the chat as well. So it's it's quite a good stream in, in the sense that you kind of get the best of both worlds because you get to see him break down his process, makes a track, and he kind of interacts with the people who are interacting with him as well. So on all levels, it's um I'd thoroughly recommend it. So you want to drop some names that might that was floating around in the chat while he was watching it? Uh I've so I've seen I've watched it a few times. I think he's been doing it. Sort of four or five weeks now. Um, Spoonie, Spoonie. So some some of the old like Spoonie. Oh, I'm trying to think who was there. There was there was a core of the of the old the old guard there. There was Spoonie. There was. Um, oh, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> it's me going. Yeah, there's loads of people in there, and I can't name anyone. Uh, but obviously, there's there's kind of our, our peers from that, that kind of came through of us. So you've got people like Scott. You've got um, the Final Cut Collective. Funnily enough, who, who we were just listening to, uh, they're on there. Uh, and then you've got some of the new guys as well, like Higo. Higo pops up, and uh, and then there's just a lot of names of people like DJs and, and who aren't necessarily kind of status names within the scene. They're not like big name DJs or producers, but they're people that you you know that you've interacted with. That, do you know what I mean? Like they're people that buy my tunes that probably listen to your show. And yeah, it's just I don't know. It's nice. It's nice. I, I kind of I, I kind of felt, and we touched on this last time, that there isn't like that kind of community aspect in Garage like there perhaps once was because it's kind of gone so global and there's there's such a raft of different ages that are listening to it now it's not like a core group is it uh, and because of that i mean that's a good thing ultimately but equally like there's not that kind of sense of community like there was back in I always talk about those forgotten years but like 2005 i knew that i could go to herbal and i would see you and i would see ac and i would see streaky and i would see solution you'd see those same people do you know what i mean and there isn't really that not in the same way anymore not that I'm aware of anyway, but yeah. maybe I'm just old and out of touch. I don't know. No, well, I mean, I, I think a lot of that, I think Twitter's to blame for a lot of that. And this is not me being a granddad, but it's like w- w- in the years you're kind of talking about, we used to converse on like on forums, right? So we'd be on the Uptown forum and, and there would be like chats happening. And when Twitter became the kind of place for those conversations, a lot of it went from people communicating to more just kind of talking at the open air because obviously twitter's you're microblogging so you're publishing a thing and then you hope people comment out on it but sometimes that removes some of the conversation like you may have people that will comment on it and you'll chat with it but a lot of it is just like i think this thing and then it kind of goes out there and then people might read it and then they'll just might hit like and then that's it it's gone forever very true it's just you know i think that's where like platforms like discord um are obviously like glorified irc chat rooms with a lot more functionality uh that are bringing in um, more discussion and I think there's a garage discord going around that I haven't properly checked out now but I think garage communities may be forming in places yeah um, that, dar- that garage that garage discord is, is popping off man it's uh, new, new KG uh, N-U-K-G if, if, if you're not a member of it yet you can join it I think Conductor if I recall rightly has got a link to, to join on his Instagram and his bio. I think that's how I kind of joined up with it. But it's it's active. There's over a thousand people on it now. I think, and it's um, it's pretty. You know, 
they go back and forth and people are sharing sharing tunes and producers are sharing tunes and going what do you think of this and there's obviously events that are getting discussed on live streams it's, it's good it's a central like a central hub for people to kind of keep keep up to speed on what's going on I, I, with discords i find that you, you need to invest a lot into them if you if you're constantly talking on there then you're always having that conversation and that's why i kind of always struggle with it i feel like my life's so spread thin uh, at any point in the day anyway that uh, to to commit that amount of energy to it is too much for me but you know if you're a diehard and you want to be kind of constantly looking at what's happening right now that's the place to go yeah um but then like things like mj cole's twitch stream like a twitch chat can become a community in itself you know it's like it's like when i'm on sub fm i have the chat room running there and you know i i get the same handful of bods that listen regularly and and that becomes its own kind of community in itself but if you get someone as large as mj doing that sort of stuff you can get plenty of people regularly chatting in that chat room um and it, I say it's become its own micro community I, and i love it when that sort of stuff springs up organically um uh, i'll be interested to know if he's going to release any of the tunes that he makes on there that or is some twitch ep that's a very good question i don't know the answer to that actually so that's a good question he did uh, he did one i think it was last week or the week before where he broke down the construction of one of the um tracks from madrugada so he's actually kind of worked backwards and gone right that, that, I think because it was like the year anniversary of that album being released. So he kind of went back and he was like, here was the inspiration and here. It was kind of how I put it together. Uh, but as far as the new ones put, that he's putting together, whether they're coming out or not, I don't know. I mean, there's certainly, I, I was going to say there's certainly release quality, but let's be honest, MJ could fart and it'd be release quality, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, there's certainly release quality for anybody else, whether he considers them release quality or not, I don't know. Uh, there's certainly, I, I, I've certainly listened and every time I've listened, I've, I've thought there was potential in everything that he's done, um, which I'm not at all surprised to find myself saying, and I'm sure you're not surprised to hear it. Be interesting to see what happens. I'll tell you the weird one for me. When I've watched tunes be made, you, you know when you're making a tune, you get a bit of fatigue on it sometimes, don't you? Because yeah. like, sometimes you can be listening to the same loop over and over again, and by the end of it, you, you're so like bored by your own sound that you're not even sure whether it works anymore. And sometimes you kind of have to step back and then have a fresh set of ears and just make sure what you've made still sounds fresh. Yeah. I mean, I know I definitely experienced that when I was in the studio. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I've watched other DJs, uh, make music on live streams uh, you know sometimes I'll then step away and I'll be as bored of it as they might be while I was making it yeah, and then yeah. by the time I can get hold of it I might not even like feel it anymore which is kind of a weird paradox almost it's like getting the same production fatigue before I've got the, yeah. the got, got it to fresh ears. So, so I think in that sense maybe the stuff that he's making he shouldn't be releasing yeah. maybe it's just like here's is how I produce and you can see the secrets behind the scenes. You know, I hadn't thought of it like that, but I think you raise a valid point because for sure production fatigue is, is very, is, is legit. I mean, I find it more so with remixes that I do than with original stuff. Generally speaking with the original stuff, I've got, you know, because you, you, you're building, you've got ideas, you've got loads of things in your head that you want to get down. Whereas with a remix, it's, it's almost more forced because you're kind of given, right, here's your, here's your, subject matter do something with it i find nine times out of ten by the time i've actually finished a remix and submitted it to the label i fucking hate it you know i've done a few remixes lately and and like i mean if you know this because you know me personally but for the benefit of anyone who doesn't my my studio actually kind of is is half of my living room so it's kind of split in two which means my poor wife when she's sat in here with me when i'm working and i do often quite work you know work quite late into the night 
um, she has to endure hours and hours and hours of me remixing something. And I've, I dare say by the time I'm finished with it, she never wants to hear it again. And I've turned around to her a couple of <laughs> times recently and I've, like, I've, I've wrapped something up. I've just been mixing it down. I've gone, look, don't worry. You never have to hear that again. I promise you. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, production fatigue for sure is a real thing. And, and yeah, yeah, you might be onto something there. But then equally, I, I suppose it depends how long you were to leave it between doing a Twitch stream like that and then releasing it. Because chances are, yeah. if he's making a tune and you've watched it a couple of weeks ago, if he releases it three, four months down the line, unless it's a number one hit, you know, unless it's a real catchy ditty to it or something that got stuck in your head, chances are you're probably not even going to recognise. You might, you might go, oh, I think I might have heard him make it. Do you know what I mean? But I, I don't know if that fatigue would carry across. I don't know. Let's, let's do an experiment and see. Let's, let's tweet him. Let's say... Get some of those tunes out there. We'll see if we see if we buy them. <laughs> I, I, I mean, really, from from what I'm saying, it kind of shows that there's an there's that the audience is not is not for me going to be a music consumer. It's definitely going to be someone that's into production or just a real massive fan of MJ Carl. It's the heads, um, isn't it? The people who are yeah. It's the, the heads. The heads. <laughs> the seen TM bang into <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Um, so so my my thing I wanted to talk about this week. Um, I, I, it's basically come off the back of a gripe that I moaned about recently, and yeah, I, it's one of my new gripes from from what I like from listening to SoundCloud. I mean, I religiously listen to everyone that I follow on SoundCloud as best I can, everything that they put out. Right, so I, I, if I'm following you on SoundCloud, I'm interested in the music you're making more or less, and I want to listen to everything that you've done. What I hate is. We're now in one of those peaks and troughs of garage, and there's a lot of people that are doing the whole fuck garage. I'm going to start making drum and bass or whatever other genre. It's normally drum and bass, might be speed gabber, but normally it's drum and bass. Um, and so they decide I'm pivoting. I've started making drum and bass now. I'm into this, I'm, I'm making liquid or I'm making festival drum and bass or jump up or whatever they think it might be. And then instead of starting a new soundcloud account and a new everything and bringing up a following from scratch they take their existing socials mainly the soundcloud is what i'm on and then they will rename their own account to their new name and now they're a drum and bass producer and that to me means that their identity in garage is dead they have no intention of ever making garage again and now they're only going to post drum and bass into my stream now that means that they've switched all of their followers to be subscribed to something they weren't interested in in the first place. And I think that's not fair. I think, you know, if you're going to pivot, pivot, pivot all over the place. You're even going to the effort of changing your name. Fine. Um, I understand you want to create a new identity, but start your new identity from scratch. And then if you repost to your current account from that account, and you say, this is my new alias or whatever, follow me over here if you want more of these vibes, that's kind of more legit. But instead, I'm just getting polluted um, with music that I am not interested in. You, you can't take, let's say, you know, I, don't know, I sell tea towels and I've built up a tea towel mailing list. And then suddenly I've decided, right, I'm not selling tea towels anymore. I'm going to sell spare bike parts. But I'm going to take my tea towel mailing list, change my company name and send spare bike part market into them. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and that's my kind of just pet peeve now because I have to. I'm suddenly like, who the hell's bare fresh? Who am I? What? Who's who am I following here? And then suddenly I realise, oh, I don't know if that's the one. I know Crown Jewels did it. They pivoted from 
making Garage to drummer bass now and they've changed their name and done it to their SoundCloud account. And there was another guy, I think it was Barely Royal. Barely Royal might be the guy that's changed to Bear Fresh. Um, but it's like, mate, come on, like just have some balls, have some confidence in what you've made and start a new account. Like you can't transfer a following from another genre. Am I being a whiny bastard for nothing, Rob? Tell me right now. That's what uh, I want to know. Do you know what, mate? It's a really interesting discussion point. And obviously I, I didn't realise that was what you were going to bring up, but it, it poses a lot of different questions. We could talk about it. We could, we could make a podcast just to discuss this issue solely, I think. Do you know what I mean? I... I do understand where you're coming from. I do understand your frustrations. I get it. Everything you're saying makes sense. Um, and I think probably like the way you've just voc- vocalised that, which was very eloquently done, um, you've probably kind of raised a couple of thoughts that I probably, as a producer, wouldn't necessarily have pondered had you not kind of flagged that. And, and to be fair, like I've been guilty of this to an extent in the past. I did. I, I remember... Back in the MySpace days, I remember um, I was making, you know, it's difficult. I think the music industry as it is, is we going back to what we were talking about earlier with people wanting to put you into a pigeonhole, right? And it's interesting because if I take on remix work and, and there's one particular person who throws remix work my way and it's really interesting because the conversations I have with him, I'm not going to name him because I don't want it to, I'm not bitching about him by, by, by any means, but he would always say, oh, I need a garage producer to do this. And I'm always just like, well, that's weird because, you know, I'm not a garage producer. I'm a producer. I just happen to make garage. But I don't consider myself exclusively a garage producer. I spend more of my time in the day making trap and hip hop uh, and even pop. Do you know what I mean? So it's, um, and I, I know what you're trying to say isn't that you should only make one kind of music, but I think it's really difficult as the, 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 the creator to kind of find outlets that works so that you can do that because gone are the days where you could be a fat boy slim or a wookie and you could go oh do you know what i'm going to mix it up and i'm going to do this and and people are still going to listen because the music industry don't work like that do you know what i mean and and, and these platforms that are all set up they don't as you've correctly hi- highlighted they, they, are, they, they aren't designed for that purpose are they you get your following your followers are interested in one thing so if you then start doing something else it kind of fucks with the system a bit I think where people probably have taken it to the next level in the examples you've given, where they've actually kind of officially then rebranded and changed the names and stuff, I kind of I feel like it's and I don't think you were trying to infer that they were wrong for making different types of music, but I feel like the disrespect is there, isn't it? It's 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 in the it's in the forcing you to follow them by rebranding. That's that's the, that's the part that's a bit of a liberty, and I can understand what you, where you're coming from. The only on the flip side of the coin with that is. You said about having the courage and the conviction and, and the belief in what you're doing to just set up a new social account, but I don't know that it's necessarily that simple, especially with a platform like SoundCloud, because like back in the day, I say back in the day like a say back in the day like I'm a fifty year old man, don't I? When when SoundCloud SoundCloud first emerged, right, and it was like the hot property, because there was there was a while there where SoundCloud was big, you know, it was it was the one to go to, right? It was fairly it was relatively straightforward forward, I would say, to kind of have your niche sound, have your artist brand be uploading regularly there and you would build followers, yeah? And that's how people have accrued thousands of followers. But if you were to come along now and duplicate exactly what you were doing then, I would hazard to say that you probably wouldn't wouldn't easily duplicate that following. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I don't think the presence is there on SoundCloud. I think SoundCloud 
shot themselves in the foot when they kind of sold out to the majors and started going through all of those DRM issues. And it's kind of been a bit dead ever since, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So I, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know. I'm sitting squarely on the fence on this one because I do, <laughs> I do understand your frustrations. Equally, as a producer myself, I do sympathise with those producers who perhaps fancy a change in direction but then go well how the fuck am I going to get people to listen because let's be honest especially you've, you've, you've used the example of drum and bass there as well right drum and bass is far more established than garages and I would say that to get something signed to a drum and bass label is exponentially more difficult than it probably is getting something signed to a garage label it's one thing to kind of have belief in the tunes you're making but to then be able to kind of get those kind of i don't want to say the nerds but drum and bass is quite nerdy do you know i mean i say that as a fan of drum and bass myself i do listen to a lot of drum and bass it's quite nerdy and there is a very kind of pretentious element to it um and certainly with the real diehards who wouldn't entertain the idea of checking out the music of bob down the road who just set up a soundcloud account and is making banging tunes but he's only got five followers because they don't know him and he hasn't got the backing of you know Hospital records, say for example, or you know, pick pick any drum and bass label. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's difficult as you know to be one of those producers to really know what is the correct way to do things. I would say the way they're doing it, as you've highlighted, is probably not the correct way of doing it. It's probably the wrong way to do it. I just don't know what their correct route would be because I don't know that I would necessarily agree that they should have the courage to just set up and start again because I don't think it's ever really that simple. Yeah, but it's you know. If they want to post a drum and bass tune that they've done under their own name in their account, and that's fine, like you know, and they're experimenting. I'm, I'll be like, I'll listen to that, and maybe that will grow from there, and they'll get their own kind of listenership. And you know, people will buy into the the brand of the person, and they'll they'll understand that an artist will then form their own sound, and that may go off on different directions. But when it is so cynical that you just know, right, this garage thing ain't doing it for me anymore, and yeah. then there's more stuff happening over in this other genre. And it, what it shows is it's the fallacy of followers. Yeah. 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 They, they've got a big following already and they're just transferring that somewhere else so they can say, I've already got X thousand number of followers on SoundCloud. But what does that matter if no one cares about what you're posting? Yeah. It's just, and it just, the whole socials thing is just a fallacy. And, you know, if everyone's bothered about the number of followers, just go and buy followers because that's how much, it doesn't mean anything. It's so bad. Do you know what? The, sh- um, the shocking truth of it is the stuff that I can get signed is usually through links. It's where I already know somebody at the label or it's somebody that I've known for years. Do you know what I mean? And that's generally been the case for a while now. But there are labels around that, won't even look at you because you're not worth their time because you haven't got the big following and and it doesn't it doesn't they don't give a shit that your 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 tunes could be on par with MJ they don't give a fuck do you know what I mean a lot of the people at these labels look and they go oh he's only got a couple thousand people following him or something like that they're they're looking for numbers that is the 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 fickle world that we live in and it, it crosses over it's not just music it's everything it's everything but like it's it's very apparent in music that people expect you to have a following and you're not worth their time unless you've got numbers. They, they see a social following erroneously, as you've correctly identified. They see a social following as directly translating into sales, which we know, we've been around the block a few times, we know that's not the case. It's not the case at all, do you know what I mean? I, I could list you a few producers who've got less followers than, than, than me, but they sell their tunes in bucket loads because their music is just that good and because they engage with their fan base that well. And I think you've, you know, you've highlighted in saying about these guys that 
fuck Garage off, do away with their alias, create a new name. They're they're not engaging with their fan base well, are they? That that's what they're that's that's the key thing that they're doing wrong there. Um and I don't know, yeah. I, I, I do I see where you're coming from. Um I wish I had a sort of finite and good answer for what the correct and proper way to do it was. I don't know necessarily that starting over is the correct way. I don't know that there is a correct way. I just know that I know I sympathise with anybody who's pouring their heart and soul into their music and then doesn't have the outlet for it or is desperately struggling and clawing and trying to get it heard. Because it's like we said said last time, actually, we touched on it, didn't we? We were saying about the people who are making moves and the people who get traction aren't, aren't, you know, quite often aren't the people who are making the best music. They're the people who play the game well who you know do the social thing well and fair play to them because that's that's a big part of it unfortunately i think these days that's a bigger part of it than the music making is we've gone into a very negative this was supposed to be a positive podcast and we've, <laughs> we've gone no, very negative really, here, i mate. mean it's not negative i suppose it is a pet peeve it's just it's more about a positive way to, to market yourself so it's like i don't know it's one of my frustrations as a consumer of music so if anything if you're a producer that's putting stuff out on SoundCloud, you can take that as a lesson as to how you may be affecting your audience if you decided to take that route yeah. in terms of your branding and your direction for your musical sound. I mean, we, we can open it up to the listeners. If you've got any uh, feedback on this, if you've got your own opinion, am I talking out of my ass? Um, am I being miserable? Um, are, are you feeling what I'm saying? Um, hit us up, uh, feedback at intheukgarage.com. It's a good chat. I would definitely be interested to hear what the people are saying. So, so should we slip into the feedback section or do you want to run through your last gassing topic quickly? Did I have another? Uh, it, it wasn't so much a gassing topic. It was more of a, just like a heads up for anyone who's listening because last time we discussed at length um, the obviously the forgotten years and what, one of the things that came up as part of that conversation was the Russian uh, garage scene and we talked about Vaden, we talked about Artifact and Altero and Garage Raver and all those people. And I mentioned then that you used to be able to download some MP3s from a site called twostep.ru. Um, and I was talking about this after the podcast with someone because I think, you know, we were talking about Artifact. And um, I went online randomly. I thought, I wonder if that site's still up because, you know, we're talking, we're talking about a good 17 years ago now, 17, 18 years ago, I reckon I used to go on that site and get those MP3s. If you haven't ever been on that site, I'm really pleased to tell you that it's still online now. So if you go to twostep.ru, you can still download a selection of really decent quality uh, garage tracks. There's quite a lot of um, two-step on there. There's quite a lot of really dark um, sort of break step stuff that, that Brains here would probably quite like to showcase on his show as well. But you can, <laughs> you can download all that stuff free and there's some really quality stuff. There's, there's a selection of bits from Artifact on there. The Tears in the Rain remix is not on there. I will say that much, but there's a number of other uh, Russian vocal uh, bits that are on there, uh, but the production's just flawless. So just following on from what we were saying last time, if you haven't done that, go check that out. Wicked, twostep.ru. You may want to visit in the VPN um, if you're a little bit worried and have virus protection fully updated to uh, latest database versions. Um, Thank you for that, sir. Right, so yeah, so I want to just kick it into the mailbox section. So we threw out the uh, the email address last show for feedback. We got lots of good comments across Instagram. Um, I was having Twitter conversations and fairly, fairly positive. And, and you know, we, we know that the audio quality definitely could have been worked on on, on the last episode. But beyond that, uh, people have pretty nice things to say. Uh, one email that dropped in the inbox uh, was from uh, this guy. And he just said he wanted to fire us an email say he really enjoyed the pilot episode uh, and he's hoping that it's something we continue to do on a regular basis uh, and 
supposedly, Rob, he agrees with you um, <laughs> that as much as uh, he worships the MJ Cole version of Never Say Never, Duncan Powell's remix was much better than the original. Um, Duncan agreed with me, if I remember rightly, when, uh, when we were talking on Instagram. Well, Duncan, Duncan, he's, Duncan, <laughs> Duncan's a humble guy. He's not going to try and claim praise above MJ, is he? <laughs> so, so this guy also says um, uh, that he would also note that Duncan's remix of Watertight was better. Um, Watertight had so many mixes. Watertight had um, so many mixes. Do you know the one that I liked was the, uh, the Scott Tonic version? Because it was near enough the same as the original, MJ's original, but it just had a little bit more energy to it. It was just... It rolled quite nicely. I know the Will Phillips was the one that got a lot of traction, wasn't it, at the time? The Will Phillips mix was the one. Uh, but for me, it was always about the Scott Tonic one. And the fact that Scott Tonics was so close to the original as well, I was turned off to it. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they preferred the original. So yeah, so back to this email. He says, I uh, hope you guys talk lots more about the forgotten period of UKG because it's a time in music that should be celebrated. Indeed, Agreed. we agree. Um, a much love and respect uh, to both of us all the way from Vancouver, Canada. And that is from James, a.k.a. DJ Mida. Uh, big up, Mida. Big up, James. And he sent me some tunes. Uh, yeah, big, big up. Thank you so much for that email. And uh, if you haven't checked out D- uh, Wait For You by DJ Mida, Bumpy44 Goodness, me and, me and Rob was vibing to that before the show. We were. Yeah. Just to have a little little remember. But yeah, thank you so much for emailing. Um, if you also want to just jump in and drop us a line, uh, hit us on the socials. Uh, we are at uh, In The UK Garage across all the social platforms. But you can email us, feedback at intheukgarage.com. Um, also, I guess, uh, subscriber. We can subscribe on pretty much every platform now. We're out there, iTunes, Spotify, uh, all your regular podcatchers of choice. And, and grab all of the links to that at uh, intheukgarage.com also. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was cool, Rob. Thank you uh, done, very mate. much for that. Indeed. We didn't stick to our, <laughs> you know, we did the pilot and we were like, yeah, what, what time are we going to aim for? About an hour. And then we ended up gassing. And it's always this gassing bit that I think is going to take us over our time limit. But hopefully, if, if it's interesting, people won't mind listening. Sorry if we bored you. <laughs> well done if you got this yeah, far. Oh, well. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the email address is for. Send it over. <laughs> tell us, you boring bastards. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for that. I guess we wrap uh, episode two. We'll be back again in a, in a month or so. Brilliant. Uh, thanks so much, Rob. Thank you to you too, mate. And thank you to everyone that's listening. Hopefully uh, hopefully next month's as busy in terms of solid garage releases. So we've got some more quality bangers to, uh, to discuss. No doubt. No doubt. I'm sure it will be wicked and wild. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone. Until next time. Laters. Laters. <laughs>